Welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, where we chat to people making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. And here is your host for today, Josh Griffin. Thanks, Annette. I'm uh, really excited to speak to our next guest, who uh, will provide this week's dose of inspiration. We've got Dean Morris. He's a young man. Uh, I actually thought he was older than he is. And uh, Dean is a really incredible guy. He's got a passion for animals uh, and he turned that into a program. We'll hear from Dean. I don't want to uh, say it incorrectly. I want to hear it from Dean directly, but basically he works with stray animals, helping them to be rehomed. And it's a really beautiful thing. In doing my research uh, on on Dean and and his work, I found he's been covered by quite a bit of media. He's been uh, a junior ambassador for the RSPCA in WA and uh, featured on their social channels a lot. It's been on Channel 10 um, talking about his work and uh, in numerous local media. So without delaying it any further, let's just get Dean on. Welcome, Dean. Thanks for your time this morning. Thank you for having me. No worries. You're a busy man. So uh, <laughs> let me get this. You can correct me here if I'm wrong. Let me get this right. You're doing a double major at uni currently. Right. This is yep. one. You're, uh, you've got two jobs on the go. Yep. And uh, it's not like you're working at the uh, the local grocery store or anything like that. You're doing you're a project coordinator in one role and a nuclear research assistant in another role. I mean, that's incredible stuff, Dean. And on top of Thank that, you. you've written a book. You are still working a lot with Give Our Strays a Chance, the um, absolutely the charity you put together, and uh, you've taken time out of your day to chat with me. So I appreciate it. Thank you. So, Dean, um, tell us a little bit about, I know you've probably told the story a lot of times, but as a 10-year-old, you started Give Our Strays a Chance. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it seems like such a long time ago now. Um, but, yeah, it, it really it really started off um, in primary school. And I was part of a, a gifted and talented program at the time and we're learning about leadership skills, um, how to better the community and that sort of stuff. At the same time, I was actually just at home one weekend and mom came up to me and she said she found a dog on the internet that was about to be put down. So she, she said, come on, let's go. Um, we went straight to the uh, country pound, rescued him. And the conditions that he was staying in was just horrendous. Um, when, we, when we took him in, um, his ribs were showing, he was malnourished. Uh, he, he would just lie down and sleep for, for weeks on end. And, um, you know, as a, as a 10-year-old, that hit me quite hard and, and really struck a, a chord with me. And it started this passion and I involved the skills that I was learning at school with that passion and then started GoSack, Give Our Strays a Chance. So really started from there. Yeah, That's incredible stuff. And, you know, that um, image, I guess, you're kind of uh, painting for us, I can really identify with that. My first dog as an adult was a... Uh, a rescue dog as well and it was very similar his uh, ribs were showing he's a whippet so mm. he's skinny as it is and he was like yeah definitely there was nothing it was oh my god i can't even remember i think he was like eight kilograms and he's a big whippet so mm. he went now weighs 15 you know almost double as a, a really healthy weight yeah you're right it's just it's shocking to see and i know a little bit of the background with with my particular dog ari so it wasn't even um you know, because you think the first thing I thought was, how can these owners do that? And uh, it was actually a really elderly woman and she, her health had deteriorated significantly. 
it had just been a bit of an unfortunate situation where she wasn't able to care for him properly anymore. And it just took a long time for him to be um, taken somewhere to be rehomed. So yeah, there's there so many, so many stories behind it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, once once you nurture them back to health, you just see their personally personality come out, and and it's amazing. Like um, Hooch, my first rescue, he was just sleeping all day, and then after weeks, he got better and better. And then he starts zooming around the house, and he has these little barks and everything like that. So it really warms your heart to see them actually have a proper home. Yeah, for sure. And what type of dog was Hooch? Uh, Hooch is he's a mix. He's got all sorts in him: uh, basset hound, boxer, all sorts. But yeah, those yeah. are the two two big ones. Yeah, that's great. And so, going back to what you're saying, so you're at ten, you've rescued Hooch, yep. and uh, sounds like your your mum was an inspiration there as well. Like really um, wanting to help out this dog. Yeah, absolutely. So as a ten year old, I'm trying to think how I would have done this. <laughs> no idea. How did you go about starting? Give our strays a chance. Starting it was actually quite um, the challenge. I would first off, I wanted to create an event um, called GoSack Day. So I went to the local shopping center management, and I, I was such a little kid back then. And I'd go in and and ask them to run an event and everything like that, and have stray animals in the shopping center and all this. And and they would just look at me like I'm crazy <laughs> because it's just some kid coming in trying to bring stray animals into their shopping center. But after talking to them and presenting all my ideas and and um, really, really uh, sitting down and having a chat with them, they were on board and they've supported me so much uh, from the get-go as well. And I used to go around to all the businesses in the shopping center asking uh, for like a contribution to the raffle that I was having. And I would talk to all the big managers and it would be the same thing. It's just quite quite a challenge to get past that age barrier as well. Mm-hmm. Um but I just kept persisting, kept going back and asking them over and over again, even if they said no. And oh, nice um, <laughs> even even the ones um, who initially said no, are some of my biggest supporters now, which yep. is amazing. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely grown a lot since then. I can imagine as a ten-year-old, and uh, you would have been learning on the fly about oh, how do I yeah. pitch, how do I pitch this to someone, you know? Yeah, and, absolutely. Um, you would have uh, quickly experience the nose and okay what if i try something different and then work out the best approach and and things like that so great initiative and persistence as well because i think a lot of people when you get the nose it can be disheartening and uh absolutely um it's really uh, drawing a parallel to you know anyone listening who hasn't heard maybe some of the earlier episodes of the inspirational australians podcast madison birchall was uh episode two or three and it's a similar story in terms of, you know, completely different thing that they're trying to achieve, but they were trying to bring in small businesses and things like that. And the same as you, persistence, just because I said, I think back then, well, how do you deal with getting those? And she's like, just got to keep trying. And it sounds like you were the same. Absolutely. All right. So you've held that event and that uh, it went well, I'm assuming. Yeah, it went really well. Um, we rescued out um, quite a few stray animals then, um, raised a lot of money, a lot of um, the main thing about um, rescue is raising awareness, uh, telling people to adopt and not shop. I, I think I hit every goal on that that I was looking for. So I, I was really happy with it. And I kind of thought it would be uh, a, a once off thing. I just finished the event and straight away I had people come back to me and say, Are you going to keep doing this? Are you going to have more events? Are you going to do this next year? Where can we donate to you? And all this. And 
I kind of took a step back and looked at it all and I said, you know, it, it's only doing good and, and the more effort that I put in, the more I can help the stray animals. So I thought I'd keep going and keep going and, yeah, it really started from that point, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, Dean. You know, if we fast forward to now, um, when you're doing stuff for GOSAC, mm-hmm. what would a typical outing or, or day when you're working on that look like? It can range from all sorts of stuff. I'll it's really such a spontaneous thing. I would get emails or phone calls or messages and things like that. Of um, I've got donations from you for you. You know, I get calls from uh, city farmers and pet barn and those, those sorts of places. So I'd have um, huge amount of bags and and that sort of stuff, uh, damaged goods that they can't actually sell. So we just repurpose it and um, bring it back to to stray animals. So usually it's a lot of running around, picking things up, dropping things off, going around to all the rescue organisations. I support um, all sorts of organisations and rescues pretty much every week. So I'm at a different place all the time. But, yeah, it's I definitely get involved with a lot of events as well. So um, going down, um, having a little, a little stall, making sure, uh, handing out flyers, uh, raising some donations and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Would it be fair to say, Dean, that uh, people are willing to help or provide support, but sometimes, you know, especially a business there, a retail business like Pet Barn, I'm just thinking as an example, you know, they've got to be in store to selling their products. They might want to help, but they just need that connection for someone to take the product like what you're doing. Yeah. Is that yeah, common? Absolutely. Um, when, when I went to um, a lot of uh, city farmers, I'd approach them and say, you know, um, this is what I do and I help the stray animals. And if I could take all your expired goods or um, damaged goods um, and repurpose it, because it's completely fine for the stray animals, they'll go, oh, absolutely. Um, but I think it's just having that person to approach them and, and, and give them that idea uh, that will really set that off. Um, but a lot of them do give um, directly to rescues now, which is, which is really amazing. That's good. Um, and I suppose it starts with just the idea, isn't it, in their head? Oh, Absolutely. yeah, true. I can use this stuff that I was going to throw out for a good purpose. Um, yeah. And that's where something that you're doing has a legacy because put the idea in someone's head and, you know, they rely on you then to go take it. And they, they might be down the track thinking, all right, there's actually a, a way I can directly do this. Um, and that's a, that's a long-lasting impact, which is really powerful. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely the goal with what I do is it, it's all about raising awareness. And, and even if I put that little thought in someone's head um, and, you know, they're, they're passing a rescue or something like that and then they go, oh, you know, I, w- I want to be involved with this, I want to rescue, it, that's just my job done because I put that spark in their head to, to influence them. So That's awesome. Um, so, yeah. I'm not sure if it, you still are, but I, I was aware that you were a junior ambassador with RSPCA. Yeah, I'm still involved with the RSPCA, yeah. Yeah, how did that come about? I started with the RSPCA a few years back. Um, I won the uh, Youth Award, the State Youth Award. Through that, I became more involved with the RSPCA and I was involved with um, a lot of their, their runs. They, they were helping out um, homeless people with their pets you know, dropping off um, small beds, um, yep. food and that sort of stuff. Um, so I was really helping the, the RSPCA out with that and, you know, kind of involved, evolved and um, I got brought on as a junior ambassador 
And now that I'm turning 18, um, it's going to go more into like an ambassador role and, and helping out more. So, yeah, it would be really good. I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, it's a good, I'm glad you mentioned that your age there because I think I meant to say it at the top and I, I left it out. Yeah, only 17, turning 18 in uh, – when about to turning 18? In what month? June. June. In June. So, yeah, yeah it's, June. Cr- June. it's incredible to think that you're doing all this stuff and not even 18. You're at college – living on campus there as well out of yep. home what's that experience been like oh, i absolutely love it um i'm at trinity residential college and it, it's such a community here everyone everyone's friends with each other and that sort of stuff so so a week before um uni we have all our orientation here at the uh, residential college and it really helps like when i go into uni for a course or something like that i know people in in all sorts of different areas and different career paths and and all that so yeah it's been amazing i love it here and uh, what is that career path that you're hoping to embark on because it's not animal related is it <laughs> no i'm i'm studying um engineering and management at the moment um and i'm going into mechanical engineering I'm really just seeing where where the path kind of takes me at the moment, um, but I kind of figured I'm quite a, a technical person, so I, I thought that would fit me quite well. What I can see is uh, down the track, you're an engineer working in a you know a big uh, engineering firm, and then you pioneer the uh, flexible working arrangements to include bringing your pet to work. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> totally. Um, we've actually uh, with the Awards Australia where our company who runs the awards, you know, you were involved with the seven years young achiever awards because it is a small business. We've had, you know, not, uh, you know, we don't say bring your pet whenever you want, but you know, if yeah. recognizing that small business is not like we have to deal with big corporate red tape. And we've had a few times where various things have to bring my dog in because they can't be at home today. We've got a contract or whatever it is. They're always the best days when <laughs> someone's got yeah. their dog in and they're usually pretty good. Just like sleeping in the, the little bed by whoever's uh, feet. So Oh, that's amazing. It's always good fun. My dog, Ari, he's uh, he's too energetic. He doesn't like to sit still too much. That was a struggle to bring him in, but uh, other dogs go really well. But um, I wanted to ask you as well, Dean, regarding, you know, the work you do, do you find that um, because, you know, you're talking about to be running here, there, to take stuff around, is do you think, have you got a plan for GOSAC to kind of continue with that in mind, that you're not going to always have all this time on your hands. That's exactly what I've been thinking about the last uh, couple of months or so because as I've moved out as well, it's it's kind of I'm in between home and here still um, and it is quite a challenge to, to be able to balance everything and, and I don't want to say no to opportunities and that sort of stuff. So I do have um, quite, a, quite a big uh, Facebook following and, you know, if I ever need help, I always post onto there. So I have a few people who um, actively um, help out and volunteer to take things um, just from, from people like donations and bring them back um, home where I, where I store everything in the garage and, and that sort of stuff. And even the rescue volunteers are quite flexible in coming to my house and picking things up and that sort of stuff. So it, it has been really good. But it's definitely something that I need to, to um, work on bringing people and involving people um, so I can really maximise what I'm getting out of GOSAC because it's just it's just reached a point where it's become so big that it's just becoming bigger than just just me. So yeah. no, that's, that's a good, good problem to have, yeah. 
definitely a good problem to have. Yeah. That's right. It's a good way to put it. So on that Facebook page, it's um, give our strays a chance. Is that how people yep. can find it? Yep. Yeah. So yeah, everyone listening, encourage you to jump on there. You know, right now you're probably listening on your phone. Give that page a like um, and uh, follow along because there's some great stories on there and uh, some great images. Now you talked about awareness, and you know we're talking about the next phase, maybe of of GoSack and all of that. Yeah. You've written a book, Dean. I have. Yes. That's really cool. And so, can you tell us a bit about about your book? Uh, well, it's called Saving the World uh, One Stray at a Time, and it's just a bit of um, a background into how I started GoSack and a bit about the the story that I was telling you before, just ten year old me. Um, going through all those experiences um, and then towards the end it, it becomes more of a step-by-step guide into getting involved with your community and making a difference so I really wanted to to um, create a book and I, I just have and um, it I really just wanted to share it with as many people as I can because you know if there was more people doing you know in, in the rescue scene it would just be there would be so much more help and, and so many more animals would be being adopted and, and rescued and that, that sort of thing. So mm. um, I'm definitely, I've printed out a, a few copies at the moment. It's not public yet, but I've, I've emailed um, education department and um, libraries and I'm just going to meetings and see where I can, where I can get it and where I can make a difference. Brilliant. So if anyone is listening and uh, this is sounding, you know, really cool, interesting to them. How can they get in touch with you, Dean, to kind of uh, ask a bit more about that book and maybe uh, see if they can help get it uh, distributed? Oh, well, they can absolutely uh, message me through Facebook, um, give up, go say, give our strays a chance, um, or send me an email on dean at gosake.info. Yes, um, yeah. perfect. So, um, yeah, that's really exciting. What was it like? I have, have never done that before. That sounds daunting to me. You know, did you have did you have that moment where you sat down and like, all right, I've got to write something now? Yeah, it, it is. It is quite a strange feeling, and and you know, it, it, obviously, my first time doing it, it, it was quite a challenge, and it took me a while to get through it. Um, and I had the help of um, a woman named uh, Carolyn from, um, and she's she's a professional editor, um, so she she gave me a hand with going through and making sure it's all grammatically correct and that sort of stuff. So it's nice, you, you know, I have a lot of involvement with um, different peoples and there's so many people who, who want to be involved with this sort of stuff. So it is really great. But um, I went through it and my dad illustrated all the pictures and everything like that. And it was, it was quite a team effort and I got it through and yeah, it, it I think it, it's really important because it just shows how to make a difference. And I think as a kid, just having that spark to start something is, is really where it all happens. Yeah. What's um, speaking to me really loudly is, you know, as a kid, you had that passion to do it, but at, at a young age, it takes, you know, some involvement from your parents as well. And I think it's an equally important message to kids and to parents Absolutely. to say, if your kid has a passion, you really need to back them because yeah, yeah, support them, yeah. Yep, kids, teenagers, young adults, are they're not the future leaders. They're actually leading now. If we give them the opportunities, then they're going to just amaze us. So and that's what you've done. Yeah. So credit to you, Dean, and to your parents for backing you. I need to ask, your dad, is he just like put his hand up? Yeah, I'll illustrate it. 
<laughs> or is he? Uh, he's, he's got a back been, He's always been a really good drawer, and you know, I was I was talking to him about how I was doing the book, and and I, I said you, you got to do the illustrations, and he was really hesitant about it, but he started doing it, and it turned out amazing. So I'm really happy I asked him. That's awesome. Have you shared any of the pictures on uh, on that on your Facebook page? No, I haven't. Um, just haven't uh, made it public yet. Um, Saving it for, yeah, the book. for the book. So yeah. But as, as soon as I find places um, to get it out to and start printing it off, then, then I'll be posting about it and, and getting it out there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool, man. So uh, I've got to ask you and put you on the spot here. Tell yeah. me if I'm putting you on the spot too much. Can you give us the, uh, you know, the short version, the audio version of uh, that step-by-step guide for uh, getting involved with your community? Obviously, this is just the uh, the little brief explanation and you have to read the book to get the whole lot do you reckon would that be all right yeah absolutely the first step is like we we're talking about is is definitely finding a passion and an avenue to to kind of put all your effort into deciding that's really the first step acting upon that is is the big one as well because you know you, you can dream about everything but actually having the guts to to go out and, and action it is is a big step and that's the next part in that is contacting people who are involved with it so like for, for example in, in rescue just contacting a local shelter and asking how you can be involved and and what what resources do they need and then kind of networking and branching out to to businesses and the community because that's that's where all the support is finding where you can get those resources and building connections and networking um, and that sort of stuff. And in doing that, you build a lot of skills along the way. So like leadership, perseverance, and just communication, talking to to managers and that sort of stuff. And I think a big part in all of it as well is is going out of your comfort zone and really pushing yourself. Um, because if you don't push yourself, then then it's just not going to progress as hard as, as, as your drivers. Yeah, that's kind of like a summarized little version. I, I think it's good to, to share with everyone um, how to do that. And especially as a kid, just having that little kick to get involved is, is a big part. Definitely. Dean, what do you think would be one of the biggest challenges you faced along the way with GOSAC? I feel like the age barrier has been a big part um, in GOSAC. And, you know, starting as, as a 10-year-old, it was quite challenging. I'd be turned down by by a lot of businesses in, in terms of support and, and donating to a raffle and that sort of thing. But you can probably imagine I was, I was a small kid and I got to this massive manager and, <laughs> and ask him to support and they would, they would be quite wary about it. And, um, you know, I'd keep going and just perseverance keep going back even if they said no i'd be there all the time asking them getting them involved showing them what i'm actually doing with other businesses and how other businesses have been involved and eventually they said yes and you know some of those businesses have turned out to be my biggest supporters uh, which has been absolutely amazing but even even in um setting up uh GOSAC as a charity has been a big hurdle in terms of age People have no clue what to do when you're under yeah. 18. Um, yeah. But with a lot of support, help from from um, people I've, I've gone through and it's, I've just registered uh, GOSAC as a charity uh, the other week. So it is, it is a quite a big uh, milestone now. 
um, and it really allows me to to branch out and and help more uh, rescue organisations now. So it's really great. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, Dean, I guess if you were to project and kind of talk about what might be your big picture goal with GoSAC, you know, I don't want to, again, put you on the spot too much, but what do you think would be like, you know, even if it's a short-term thing, what do you think would be a really cool goal to uh, to achieve down the track? Uh, it's, it's a good question, actually, and I always, I always ask uh, myself this after every event. And I always think about where, where can I take it and where can I go? It's funny because what, what I've learned throughout all this is that it's such a spontaneous thing. You know, opportunities and events will, will pop out out of nowhere and it just completely changes everything. Um, but definitely a goal at the moment would be getting my, my book out there and, and yep. um, definitely into like libraries at schools and education departments, a big one, because, um, you know, all the kids are at school, they're in the library and just having that book there would, would really make a difference. And in terms of uh, GOSAC as a whole, really scaling up would probably be um, the next big goal. But, yeah, it, it is quite difficult, especially with time management as well, to actually yep. manage people and make sure they're involved on the proper level and that sort of that sort of thing. So, yeah. Do you know what? Uh, I want to push back against my own question here um, because <laughs> uh, one thing, and I just I didn't want anyone to think, uh, you know, that I'm saying, oh, well, what's next? What's how are you going to get bigger and better? Because I actually also really strongly believe that there's nothing wrong with grassroots initiatives staying. Oh, absolutely. And I think sometimes people do put pressure on to say, well, how are you going to scale? How are you going to make this bigger? What's the legacy going to be? And I know you've written this book. I know you you are doing other stuff. So I'm not, it's not a commentary on you, Dean. It's more if, uh, if GOSAC stayed, it it ended tomorrow, for example, Mm -hmm. the truth is you've impacted the lives of many animals and many people because that's the thing with rescue. They get their second chance, a new home, and the people, as you are, you would know only too well, it changes their lives as well. And uh, to think about the number of lives you've touched over that journey, that is a beautiful thing in and on itself. Yeah, absolutely. Can you uh, can you share, speaking of the uh, how it touches people's lives, do you, any stories or personal experiences from people who have rescued an animal and how maybe, you know, it's had an, an unintended consequence that, uh, you know, obviously a positive one, but... Yeah, it, it is quite funny because um, the first event that I had, GOSAC Day, it was it was quite um, almost an on-the-spot process where, you know, people would come down just from home just to go shopping. They would, they didn't even realise that I was there and they'd run into to all these kittens and cats and, and dogs and puppies. It would just hit them and they would go, oh, you know, I'd, I'd love to rescue. They would inquire about it and then they would go home and have an inspection that day. Oh, wow. be all finalized yeah they did a really the rescue did really really good job on on the first event I've, I've still got people coming back um and talking to me from my first GOSAC day and saying you know we still have these animals from your event and it just completely changed our lives i do believe having an animal definitely just changes the whole course of your life you know it's it's just another personality in the house and yeah, it, it is quite heartwarming to, to hear people come back. Um, but in, in the rescue scene as a whole, it is quite amazing to see the people who volunteer. It, it's you, you see two ends of the spectrum, really. Um, you see the 
people who abuse the animals and, and the horrible things like that. And it's heartbreaking. But at the same time, you just see all those amazing people who are volunteering at the rescue organizations. And I've met some, some people who have absolutely nothing. They're, they're, they're barely getting by and yet they spend six or seven days of their week just volunteering out at these rescues and, and coordinating events and making sure these animals are going to a good home. That's awesome stuff, isn't it? Sometimes the, the people who, you know, in, the, um, in certain views of uh, civilization, what we value, oh, they don't own a house, they don't have a high income, they don't have much, but they're volunteering, you know, six out of seven days a week and they must yeah. be so yeah. fulfilled and, uh, and giving back and they've got a lot of value in their life in another way, haven't they? Mm, absolutely. Now, I want to ask you before I forget, What's the strangest animal that you think you've helped rehome? The strangest animal. Or most unusual, uncommon maybe? Oh, that's a good question. See, usually the events that I do are very, very mainstream animals like household pets. Um, but I've recently gone into um, wildlife as well and I've come across some quite unusual looking animals. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of native animals. Um, but... You know, just through the events that I usually do, don't really come across anything really unusual. It's just dogs <laughs> and cats uh, mainly. But yeah, just through the the wildlife scene, I've, I've been able to interact with um, with dingoes and kookaburras and all sorts of snakes and birds and all sorts. So it is amazing how it really branches out out of just your household pets as well. Yep. And I'm assuming that's not for for homing or rehab, is it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And you know, for someone out there listening who's being inspired to uh, to rescue an animal, how do you recommend that they go about that? Well, you can absolutely feel free to contact me just through Facebook is is probably the easiest way. But um, if you know of a local shelter near you, I mean, if you even Google where where the nearest shelter is to you and um, just contact them um, about more information and I'm sure they'd be happy to help. And there is, there is a bit of a process that goes into it so they'll be able to, to recommend what to do uh, based on their process. Yep. Do you have any advice for people, you know, who find uh, themselves, to put it, I guess, politely, um, finding animals for rehoming in alternative ways? You know, you hear some bad stories about, gum tree and things like that yeah absolutely um i think there's the main message is just adopt and don't shop you you need to give those animals that are already there a second chance because the the conditions that they're in and it's just horrible um uh, that they have to be in in those pounds and you know helping those shelters and supporting them and and rescuing allows them to take more animals out of the pound and stop them from being euthanized so it is really about giving that that second chance. Yep. I uh, I think that's great advice, Dean. So uh, I know that today you're off uh, talking to people about your book. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> and things, like, things like that. And uh, I guess it comes back to the perseverance and the um, the drive to continue going. And that was one of the things that, uh, that was recognized when you were a finalist in the Seven News Young Achiever Award. So I did want to ask you about your experience with yeah. the awards that when you were a finalist, you were only 15 years old and that was uh, in 2019. Yeah. What was uh, your recollections of, uh, of being involved with the awards, even just 
from the initial stages and then I guess culminating with the uh, awards night at the end. Oh, I, I absolutely loved it. And, and I love these, these sorts of events and the awards. It really just creates like recognition for, for the great people who are doing amazing things. And, you know, being there and, and seeing the finalists in my category and also the, the other categories as well um, was just amazing what they've done and how they've helped in their own way in different avenues and different parts. It's, it, it really touches my heart every time I, I go to those sorts of events. And, yeah, just talking and, you know, networking with those, those finalists as well and seeing how we can help each other um, and really branching across is, is amazing. So I, I remember I, I absolutely loved it. It's, um, it's one thing that we, that we do love hearing is that when the finalists and the people involved, because uh, for those who don't know, even for anyone nominated can attend the event, for example, it's not just the finalists. Mm. But uh, you do hear that time and time again that people are networking and talking with each other and, and finding out yeah. how they can work together on different things. And, uh, you know, that's one of the great things that we love to hear that, that has come out of it. So that's great. And uh, to anyone out there thinking, well, I know someone who's a, a young person doing, you know, some stuff in the community. They're, they're kind of uh, Dean's reminding me of someone I know. What would you say to them to kind of, you know, help convince them, yeah, you should definitely nominate that person? I think recognition's a, a big part in in driving someone as well and um, even having, like, people return um, from events that I'm involved with and say, you know, you're doing such an amazing thing and I'm so inspired by you is, is is a big part um and it really keeps you going so so nominating someone is is the best thing you could do um putting them forward for such an amazing awards as well and and getting them involved with with that sort of group is is just the best thing you do you can do and there's there's no reason why you shouldn't so nominate from a a human perspective you know we don't sit there going i wish someone would uh acknowledge my work but when someone does do that it just lifts you. It lets you know you've been yeah, seen that exactly that yeah. your work is actually worthwhile and it's it's making a positive difference. And yeah. you know, that those are the things that spur you on when uh, when it does get tough when you do face challenges. So, mm. well, Dean, we've uh, we've talked about the Facebook page and yep. uh, people can can get in contact with you that way. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to let people know about so they can keep across the uh, the GoSack journey? Well, if you definitely want to get involved more, check out my Facebook, like I said before, and um, also my website, www.gosac.info. Um, and I've got all my events, all my past in there, the businesses that I work with and a contact um, area form as well. Um, so if you definitely want to be involved more in the rescue scene, definitely let me know or if you even need help or information about adopting, I'm always here. Perfect. So that's... Uh in the Perth kind of area to, to yep. literally get hands-on uh, involved with you. But uh, as you said, Dean, just for general advice and uh, help with adopting and stuff like that, that could, that, you know, really could be Australia-wide. So, uh, definitely, definitely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, for my personal experience, um, rescuing an animal was extremely rewarding. It continues to be to this day. So, uh, yeah, encourage people to go out and do it. Thanks, Dean, for, uh, for giving up some of your time today. Uh, I know you're very busy. So uh, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Last question, actually, I've got for you. Just uh, I I meant to write some of my notes earlier. 
I assume yeah. you can't, you can't have an animal there where you're living now. No, no, sadly not. <laughs> have you thought about uh, sneaking in a little cheeky? Uh... Definitely thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> we I'm won't not incriminate sure if you. Like me too much. I always, always. Um, my my parents come down to visit me sometimes, and they always bring Otis or Hooch, and um, I usually take him back and and come up the floor and and show them to all the guys on our floor, and yeah. Uh, I've been organising um, with the college as well to do some events here and bring some animal down animals down for uh, a kind of a distress day and awesome and um, just raise awareness. So yeah. be really good. That's what. Uh, yeah, it's so cool. You always got the the mind ticking, thinking, how can I uh, <laughs> link in with what I'm doing currently? So that's awesome, Dean. Thanks again. Um, Thank you. Forward to a uh, touching base with you once that book is out. We'll uh, absolutely. We'll definitely be uh, spreading the message far and wide. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview. If you liked it or any of our other episodes, it would be great if you can rate and review the Inspirational Australians podcast. It really helps us out. If someone you know needs a little dose of inspiration, why not let them know about this podcast? And if you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed so that you won't miss an episode. Join us each week as we talk with ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. You can always head to our website at awardsaustralia.com slash podcast for more information and details on each guest. Now, before we go, I'd like to thank Annette, our producer. Here's a fun fact. Annette is my mum and our other host, Jeff, is my dad. This podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia, a family-owned business that proudly uncovers the stories of people who make a difference for others. We can only do this with the support of our corporate and not-for-profit partners as they make our awards programs possible. So do you know someone making a difference? If you'd like to recommend someone to be a guest on the podcast, get in touch through our Instagram page, inspirational.australians. Or maybe your business might like to sponsor the podcast or get involved with the awards we run. Head to our website, awardsaustralia.com for more details. Until next week, stay safe. And remember, together we make a difference. Thanks for joining us today on the Inspirational Australians podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and have been inspired by ordinary Australians achieving extraordinary things. So it's goodbye for another week. Remember, together we make a difference.